This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good, mate. Thanks for asking. Excellent. Right, we've had an email come in from a lady called Jo. She's just got a new puppy and oh, cool. she's asking, is it better for her to come and do individual lessons with you mm-hmm. or join one of your group classes or right. is there any other options that she could do with her puppy for training purposes? For training. Okay, cool. That's a easy one to unpick. Uh, private lessons. The one-on-one is fairly well, self-explanatory, right? You come along with your dog. We work together on some key concepts. You go home, practice for the rest of the week and come back the following week to see where you're at. For the most part, I generally start that way with the majority of clients. Not all, there are exceptions, but for the majority of them, that's a good starting platform. It gives you and I time to to engage. It gives me time one-on-one with the dog. I'm learning obviously a little bit more about you as an individual, which helps me understand the the dynamic between you and the dog. And also gives the dog um, the, the, the time and chance to develop a little bit and develop some key skills without any bigger distractions around them. If you start off with a group class and there's lots of other dogs and a couple of barking and, and other owners are sort of a bit more effervescent, it can be a bit too distracting for some dogs. So I would generally start with the one-on-ones. Group class... Sorry, just go with, ahead. The, with your one-on-ones, what's the time scale? How long to, can, can dogs have a, an attention span? Well, that, again, how, ask that about kids, right? It depends. I mean, some dogs will sit and focus for a, a good chunk of time. Other dogs, you're talking a matter of seconds, and then, whoop, oh, look at that, it's a leaf. So, And also, it would also depend on the age of the dog if we're dealing with a puppy puppy versus you know, a six-month or a 12-month-old or a five-year-old dog. Their attention spans and their focus spans are going to be wildly different. So how long would you do your private lessons for? So the lessons are usually 45 minutes to an hour, which, and in that time, understand I'm basically training you as the owner. I'm engaging with you, I'm talking through, and we're demonstrating what to do on the dog. In terms of working the dog for an hour session is way too long. I mean, even for a slightly older dog, but certainly for a puppy, it it will be too long. And I always advise clients, when you're going home and you're practicing all of these things, you really want to do it in short bursts. Because everyone gets it in their mind, I've got to go home and, and every day this week, I've got to set aside an hour to train my dog. And that's A, never going to work because you're never going to find an hour's window to train. It's also far too long a window for your dog to do it anyway. And it's going to be boring as hell. Your best outcome doing it that way is in that one hour slot, your dog will be bulletproof. Outside of that, the dog won't listen to you. So what I say is all of these exercises that we run through in class, for example, we're doing a a sit stay and, and practicing adding some distractions to it and stuff like that. When you're at home, what are the normal things and normal routines that you go through when you're at home? Appreciating nowadays things are a little bit mixed, but something as simple as making a cup of coffee in the morning. It takes a couple of minutes for the, the kettle to boil. I'll grab some treats. I will do some work with my dog for that two minutes. Luckily you said that because I thought you were going to say get the dog to make the coffee. Get the dog to make that's the, really that's, good training. That's what we're working towards, obviously. <laughs> okay, so, so that's the individual, the private, we'll call those private lessons. Yes, yeah. Okay, so then the group lessons? So group lessons is, well, it's basically the same just with obviously lots more people and other dogs. I try and limit my groups to four to six um, people and four to six dogs. 
uh, just it becomes obviously a bit more, a bit less manageable the, the more that there are. And I try to focus all the groups. You, you want the dogs at the same kind of level in the same way if you went to, oh, I don't know, if you're going to a language class, you want people at the similar sort of levels or whatever it is. The groups can be really good in terms of adding some extra um, distractions. The, the, the main things that I work on in terms of any sort of uh, obedience skill, whether it's a sit, lying down, these are all great functional behaviors to have. But the important part you want to layer on top of those are things like distance, duration, distraction, which means that my dog can sit down for a period of time. They can sit down whilst I step away. They can remain sitting down whilst there are other things going on around them. Sorry, the three Ds? Yes. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's, yeah, it's a, my, little, my little acronym. Um, just helps me remember it more than anything else. <laughs> so with putting that in, the having some, some one-on-ones allows us to develop the key skills with the dog. So they understand, oh, okay, when I sit, I maybe get a treat and I can come back to sort of reinforcement in a minute. So they work out this particular behavior is working. And once they've got a good handle on that, then we can start uh, um, developing it a little bit more by saying, okay, I want you to sit now while I step away or indeed while I add other distractions. And those other distractions, some of the bigger ones can be uh, people, other dogs, movement, those sort of things. So it's very easy. And people often say this, you know, my dog will sit perfectly for me in the kitchen. It's dinner time. I've got the bowl of food. They sit every single time, but they won't sit for me at the beach. Okay. So private lessons, group lessons. Yep. Do you, uh, with your group lessons, mm-hmm. do you have beginner, intermediate, advanced, or is it more? Well, yeah, I don't I, know what the right word is, but. No, I. the short answer is no. I don't market or advertise or use those particular terms. My view is whatever, however your dog presents to me, tied in with what you want to get from your dog is our starting platform and we move on from there. There's, I mean, a lot of sort of used to do, yeah, we've got a beginning class for you know five lessons and an intermediate class for five lessons. But what if the dog hasn't progressed? Or what if the dog is already very good? You, you, you see what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of semantics more than anything else. But I just want to progress the dog as far as we can in the time that you're willing to invest with the dog. That's the simple way of putting it. It's a shame you don't have like swimming badge kind of levels and you can move up so you can... Yeah, the one thing I do offer is there is the American Kennel Club have a range of different certifications such as uh, Canine Good Citizen and there's some different branches out of that with the Urban, the Advanced and, and, and all of that. Search AKC, Canine Good Citizen, you can find all the different um, certifications. And those are the sort of things that I use as a bit of a benchmark that I want to work towards. You don't necessarily have to get the certification. We can do it if you want, but you don't necessarily have to. But at least you know your dog has those key skills. So it's good to have those sort of um, benchmarks in place that we can work towards rather than being we're just sort of flying in the wind here a little bit. Oh, I definitely think you should give out a little certificate because then the owner can stick it on their fridge. No, I do. When when people have finished a block of, of sessions, I usually do like a little mock sort of test which is based on just what the key skills that they've gone through at the time for that uh, level of that particular dog. And sure, I, I do certifications for, for clients because, like you said, everyone likes to have a little bit of paper to stick on the fridge. Absolutely. So we've got the, the private lessons, mm-hmm. the one-on-ones, yep. and we've got the group lessons. Yep. Um, are group lessons different from your, um, your social interaction classes? The yes and no. I put that under one sort of banner. So in terms of doing social interaction or key skills or play dates, whatever, they are all group based. It just depends, again, on the dog. So if, for example, I've got a dog that has 
some very serious social issues, either too effervescent or too scared or, or reactive, then the group of dogs that I would want to work him with will may be different. I wouldn't just put them into any sort of random group class. So I'll pick and choose which dogs I want in which particular group. I think a lot of people might be thinking now, so you've got, let's say, four people lined up with their dogs next to them yep. and you're stood there in your kind of in your, yeah. your school outfit <laughs> and you're with your whistle and you're saying, right, go, go, go. Is it that regimented or are you more relaxed? Because I know you've got your amazing beach club with your, yeah. with your lake that they can swim in. How do your lessons, your group lessons work? Uh, a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I try, my view is to try and make things as real as possible. And in terms of, you know, going back to, you know, what are the, the levels, you know, I'll do some, I do a lot of my initial classes will be at my facility. It, it, it's just, it's easier. But once I've got the dogs to a certain level, they'll outgrow that pretty quickly. And I like taking it on the road. We'll go to different places around Phuket with the dogs, either one-on-ones or as a group to do different things because that becomes real life. People want to take their dog to a coffee shop, have the dog lie down and be calm when other people and other dogs are walking by. That's the ideal. We want to go to the beach and have our dog under control and relaxed. That's what we got the dog for. So it's just about a building up the foundation and people always jump too far ahead. But what I want to do is go through the steps to, to kind of get them to where they want to be. So the initial classes are always going to be at Canine Point Academy. For the most part, yeah. For the most part. And then you do, do you do group sessions outside as well? Occasionally. I have, obviously, given the current climate, no, but yes. Because I have, I mean, I've seen you out when was I bumped into a, a Boat Avenue one day. Yeah. Um, and you were training there. Correct. Uh, with a dog. Yeah. I, think, I think it was getting in and out of the boot, I think. I can't remember the thing, but... So you, you will go out and you'll go to people's houses and you'll go around for private and possibly group when Correct. the situation is better. Yes. Okay. Is there any other training things that Joe could do with her puppy? Sure. The, the third option is my, or any other trainer, does, uh, did you say where she was? Okay. No, oh, fair enough. Cool. Okay. So we do have a, what I call a residential program. And for this, it's where the dog comes to live with me. So they basically come under my wing. It's my dog. They stay with me. I operate as if they're one of my own. The, the obvious downside to that is, and particularly when you've got a puppy, is you're now without your puppy for a period of time. And people kind of think, well, I'm missing out on that growth and development, which is also why I tend to sort of perhaps suggest to the private one-on-ones because you're now the one that's sort of invested in this. The residential training program is great. I mean, with, with due respect, I know what I'm doing. So I can fast track a lot of this development um, and get through the process a lot quicker because... I'm just doing it. It's my day-to-day. -day. This, is, this is what I do. Equally, people have busy lives. They've got families. They've got kids. They've got jobs. Despite what's going on at the minute, people are still kind of all over the place with things. So adding in, trying to do some regular, consistent training sessions with the dog, particularly a puppy, can be challenging. So that's where the residential program can come into its own. Or where I used to have most of my dogs come in for the residential program is when people are traveling. We're going away for three, four weeks for a holiday, you might as well, you're having the dog anyway, you might as well do the training at the same time. So those would be the two outlets for, for, for why to do it that way. Okay, so how long would a standard residential training program take? Yeah. For me, it's a minimum two weeks. It takes the dogs uh, anywhere from a few hours to a few days to really settle in, depending on their temperament and what have you. I then spend a few days just doing some, what I call general engagement, just allowing the dog to be around me, get to know me it's everything's rewarding it's fun and then from there we'll start to build into some more sort of functional stuff 
So I, I have done shorter than two weeks before. I don't like it because obviously when you're dropping your dog off and you're paying money for a service, you have expectations of what is going to be at the end of this. And really anything less than two weeks, your outcomes to me are going to be quite visible, but to the average owner, well, why isn't my dog sitting pretty on the beach when the horses are running by and not chasing them? That's not going to happen in four days. Is it not true that, uh, and you've told me this many times, and we apologize if you can hear the bang in the background, a bit of work going on next door. Are you not training the owner rather than the dog? And the, the owner is by far and away the most important part of this. And one of the, one of the not the drawbacks, but one of the, the, the bumps I have to get over when recommending the residential program is people often say, that, well, surely it's more about the owner than the dog. And that is absolutely true. Training the dog is the easy part. For me, certainly. It's transferring that skill to the owner. And equally, if I spend two weeks training your dog and he's responding to me and he'll go through all the motions and, and ticks all the boxes, if I just give him back to you and say, go home, he will not respond to you in the same way. Respect is non-transferable. And dogs also learn with pictures. So he'll learn it with me, but not with you. So what I do at the end, and I think most trainers out there will do, is at the end of a residential program, we'll do three or four sessions together. So for example, the dog's due to go home on Sunday. The Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the Sunday, you would come in and we would work together. So some of my training sessions with the dog involve you. So now you're doing this as well. So that A, it gives you time to absorb what I'm telling you. This is what the dogs learned. This is how, this is the why. The first couple of sessions are always ropey. And the second couple are always, yeah, okay, everyone's now on the same page. And then we usually do a couple of follow-ups once the dog's gone home as well. And I, I, stupid question, but residential, they actually stay with you the yeah, whole they're, time they're as living well. with me. And I try and, I seriously limit my residential program dogs. For a lot of the time, I bring them home. So yes, they'll spend some some time at the resort. They'll spend a lot of time with me. They'll spend a lot of time at my house. I've got my dog. So it's just giving them an immersive uh, background, if you like, immersive training, which is more real life. It's great that they can, you know, sit and stay in my training room, but I also want them to sit and stay when I'm at my house. And like this morning, my cleaners are here in the house. Can they do a play stay when this random person walks in carrying a Hoover, for example? Because that happens in real life. Yeah, no, and I've recorded some different podcasts with you at your house. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had many dogs there at the time, which has always been fun. So for Joe, should we just summarize? I'm, I've got a feeling, I think I know what you're going to say. And you're going to say, well, maybe she should come and see me. And then yeah. we'll think about what yeah, she's going to do. Yeah. Oh, and, and well, that's carte blanche for everyone that's sort of listening. If you're in Joe's sort of situation. Yes, I mean, obviously, it's always good. And people always phone up and say, you know, how much is it to do X, Y, Z with my dog? Uh, I want to see the dog first. I, and, and I think any trainer would say the same thing. Yeah, I can give you prices for how much it costs for my general classes, but it's always good to see the dog and give you an idea of what I think is going to happen and what the outcomes can be. So once you've done that, come in for an evaluation. We can all meet, see the dog, and then make a plan from there. My personal advice would be probably, and it would depend on the dog, probably start with some one-on-ones. Maybe then transfer to a group class. And then if things are going great, fantastic. If you're struggling, then maybe we could look at a residential program. Excellent. Thank you very much, Russell. No problem at all. Cheers. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com 
or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.